Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy, and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, listeners, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yay. And today we are going to focus on habits for 2021 and kind of what we want to focus on, what habits are, how you can make habits that stick, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, Dan? Yeah, it's that time of the year where New Year's resolutions get spoke mm. about, but often don't get done. <laughs> new Year, new you. <laughs> yeah, we hear this obviously being in the health and fitness community. I think it's a lot more prevalent for us to hear about it, isn't it, than maybe people in other circles, because probably the most common New Year's resolution or new habit people want to pick up is getting fit and healthy. Yeah, it's our busy time. And if everybody who started fitness in January was still there by March, then we're doing a good job. I always think if you can keep the people till March who start in January, then they'll tend to stick till the rest of their lives, whereas the others will all drop off eventually I think (laughs) do you think that as well yeah I think there's a lot of research around habits and it's I think 90 days or 100 days is often one of the most common figures that gets mentioned where if you can keep a habit up for 90 days or 100 days that kind of three month mark then the chances are you're going to keep it long term but unfortunately like you've probably seen as well I see quite a lot people who come to the gym they tend to do January and then they get paid at the end of January and February comes along and that's when old habits come in old habits die hard it's actually quite hard to get a good habit ingrained I think sometimes and um, yeah it's one of those things that as we always say consistency is the key it doesn't matter what you decide to do it's it's being consistent and making habits that stick are really really important and we kind of talk about it all year round but now's the time when most people are really interested in in this because it's new year new you yeah and this definitely includes me because especially over christmas and new year for like two or three weeks you pretty much go off track well i do anyway i've just had so much Mm. crap and not really exercise as much as i do so you it feels refreshing to have a new start in the new year and want to get fit and healthy or get back on track. So it's it's quite normal to have that feeling, isn't it? And I'm yeah. certainly feeling it. So if we can give people some tips and tricks and some hints on trying to how to avoid the most common pitfalls, I think we'll be doing a good job. Actually, I've done a good thing this year that uh, I'll talk to you about. That normally I really like beat myself up about stopping and eating loads and stuff. But this year I've been embracing it. I've been embracing the hibernation mode, you know, the solstice, the darkness, the stay indoors kind of thing. Because you need rest. Rest, that's what we talk about, isn't it? You don't build muscle when you're exercising, you're building it when you're resting. So I've actually been building my rest muscle this yeah. this week, this year. And not I'll... feeling guilty about it either. Yeah, I've been building my chocolate and alcohol muscle. It's pretty strong. <laughs> but of course, chocolate oranges are one of your five a day, aren't they? That's, that is ingrained in my psyche. But yeah, the chocolate and alcohol muscle is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your top tips then, Dan? What do you think we should start with? I think in terms of 
New Year's resolutions or, or habits, they're pretty much the same thing, aren't they? Because they both create the same outcome. Mm. So most of the most common ones, like we've already said, are going to be health and fitness related. My first tip would be, like you said, it, it can be quite hard to start a new habit. It's not as easy as what you would tell yourself to be in your head. Mm. So my first tip is to use tools out there which are designed to help you. Sometimes just doing it all on your own can be a little bit overwhelming and there's so much information out there and there's so many different tools and tactics. It can be paralysis by analysis. The first one, food, is probably the big one. If you want to start eating healthier, use tools out there. So there's meal preparation companies like HelloFresh, like Gusto. Use things like that and that can get the ball rolling even if it's just three meals a week. It starts getting you into the habit of preparing healthy fresh food and then from there you might start to learn to love coogan a little bit more and that's a big step in eating healthy you can use in terms of activity you can use often your phone with like smart watches are big now so fitbits and think and apple watches don't get bogged down by the little details of well the fitbit said i did 10k and the apple watch said i did 12k like that's it's not the point the point is it gets you more active even if you just do 5,000 steps a day, it's better than zero. Mm-hmm. So use these tools that you designed and they do work. So if they just create good habits, they might not be necessarily absolutely perfect, but they get the ball rolling. And if you just walked 5,000 steps a day, like you said, for 100 days for that three-month mark, you're going to be so much better off than trying to get the perfect plan and do 12,000 steps a day and eat organic 100% every day. No, just get the ball rolling. And over a year, you'll get better and better and better. So yeah, that's my tip number one would be use tools out there, which are designed to get you going. It might not be perfect and there is a perfect way to do things, but these will get you pretty much there and then they just get momentum building. So tip one. That's a good one, Dan. Yeah, starting is the hardest part, isn't it? So anything that you can do, you know what I do, this is my top tip, is I buy a new pair of leggings and then if I'm feeling a bit in a rush, I go and treat myself to a new pair of sweaty betties. And obviously when the sale's on and then, um, then I want to wear them. And so then that makes me want to go out and exercise. So yeah, something a really, really good idea. Simple as that. And that, I know that that will get me off, off my backside and now exercising again. So something just simple, like just buying yourself a new pair of trainers or a new workout top, something like that, just to get you out and started. What is that famous thing? Starting is the most most important part of the journey. So that's my top tip. I think that's a good one because in the, the health and fitness industry and stuff, especially working in a gym and the Pilates studio, things like that, it's funny because when people come back after Christmas, they wear all the new gear straight away. It's one of the funny oh, things I, I like saying, like everyone's got new <laughs> trainers, new leggings, like look like brand new people coming in, but it's good to see that enthusiasm, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. All the gear, no idea. <laughs> but there's <laughs> nothing me. to stop you doing that. Uh, Any time in the year, you think, right, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get started. Yeah, just don't be one of those people like you go out and like you buy a thousand pound set of golf clubs and you go to the driving range twice and then they just end up in the loft. Okay, like yeah. be, <laughs> try and be a bit money savvy at least. New pair of leggings yeah. is probably a bit more cost effective. What I always say is people say, what do I need to wear? And I just say, well, you just need to wear loose clothes or your leggings, something you can move around in. So the, the people start coming with just, you know, the Primark leggings. I've spoken about Primark leggings before, haven't I? You know, that they do go see-through when you just bend over. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
obviously people don't realize that when they first start <laughs> now i've now i've told you all you'll all be going <gasps> you need to really when you go into the changing rooms to try on a pair of leggings you need to do the squat test a hundred percent girls okay so that's my other top tip anyway so they start with their cheaper stuff and then you, you know three months down the line they start to get a bit more savvy get more stuff and then by the the time of about six months down the line, I've converted everyone to sweaty Betty. So it is worth investing in a good pair of leggings. Although my cupboard, I did t- tidy it out the other day and ended up with about 20 pairs of excess leggings that I brought to the studio and said, does anybody want? So yeah, so starting is the hardest part. Now we've always, we are human beings and we always think of our future selves as being the perfect thing. Like I am going to, so we'll come out with these things like I'm going to exercise every day. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And our future self, like in our heads, our future self is doing all that stuff. But our present self can't be asked to get off the city. Now, rather than thinking like in the future, I'm going to do all this stuff. Like what can you do now that will help you to do that? So whether it's just going for a walk, drinking some water, quitting on the chocolate for a couple of hours you know that kind of stuff what can you do now that will help your your future self to gain those things that will allow them to do all that stuff that's a good one and often taking things away from people can be very hard so if you want to get fitter and healthier if you're just going to start taking the junk food away and taking the alcohol away and things that then that can be difficult because you have with really big withdrawal symptoms. Mm. So often a good place to start is to add things in and then hopefully the bad things will fall away. So if you want to start, I don't know, maybe cutting down on coffee, for instance, instead of just cutting back on coffee straight away, maybe add something in. Okay. So just say to yourself, before I have the first coffee of the day, I'm just going to make sure I have a liter of water and then I can still have the same coffee, but you add something in and Mm. then the by proxy you're probably going to, after you've had your litre of water, you probably might not want that coffee. So that will fall away naturally anyway. Mm. So that can often be a little bit of an easier place to start because, um, yeah, withdrawal symptoms can be pretty big. If you want to cut out the sugar, then say, right, I'm not just going to eliminate all sugar immediately. Just say, I'm just going to eat fruit up until whatever, 6 p.m. Okay, and get me sugar fixed with fruit. At least you're getting some nutrition. And then by 6 p.m. you might have had such a healthy day that you don't want to ruin it. So your sugar consumption might then back off naturally. So mm. I would say an easier place to start is to add things in as opposed to immediately kind of taking, taking them away. away. Yeah. Crowd, crowd out your bad habits is a good way of doing it. Putting more healthy ones in that suddenly those bad ones, you don't really want to do them anymore. Um, I'm going to tell you a story about one of my clients who um, shall remain nameless. But a couple of years ago, I started running like a seven day challenge, which was just like uh, seven days of healthy eating. I sent them all a nutrition plan and there was a couple of days of fasting and stuff in there. But it was basically like just eat healthy. These I gave them a list of things that they could eat. And one of my clients came back like, you know what? Nine times out of 10, healthy eating and healthy living is not going to make any of your conditions worse, is it? You know, like. Never, I would say. And anyway, she came in and she looked, oh God, she looked horrendous. She was one of my one-to-one clients, so I saw her. She looked absolutely horrendous. And I was like, it's fine. It's just, you know, withdrawing from the sugar or the caffeine or whatever. And and she looked great. She looked, (laughs) she was like, I feel awful. Anyway, I was like, it'll go, it'll pass. And the next week I saw her and she was still really bad. And I was like, 
I think you need to go and see the doctor. Like, this is not a normal reaction. Anyway, I was talking to her and she was like saying, I think it's the um, Coca-Cola. <laughs> and I was saying, like, how much Coca-Cola did you used to drink? And she was like, two litre bottles a day. I mean, and then she just stopped. So she had absolute, like, like drug withdrawal symptoms. That That's what that was. She was... Honestly, she was sweating, she was cold, she was shivering. It was like she had flu kind of symptoms, which lasted for more than a week. And I've got a couple of GPs who come to my classes and I mentioned it to one of them. And she was like, oh yeah, sugar, coming off sugar is really, really worse. It can be worse than coming off drugs. So <laughs> so now whenever I'm doing any of these you know, programs, I always say like, just put an, a note in, if you drink a lot of coffee or a lot of Coca-Cola or anything like that, then just make sure that you don't go cold turkey on it, like reduce it down each week. So, you know, like just one week have half a litre, <laughs> next week have a quarter of a litre. So that it's a gradual thing over a four week period rather than just to stop it altogether. To be fair, she did well to just go cold turkey from two litres a day. What, did she eventually go back to it or did she? No, no, she stayed off the it doctor, now. Did she? <laughs> she never went to see the doctor. Once we decided it was the cork, she was like, oh God, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty impressive, but it's, the the reason it's impressive because it was so extreme. It was extreme. I've never yeah. ever thought, I, in my head, I didn't think anybody would drink that much. I just couldn't see how it would be, but um, yeah, people do, don't they? Yeah, I think you'd be surprised. But then seeing that, she what did you say it was two liters per day? Yeah, some people will, some people will have six, seven, eight coffees per day, and that'll probably exactly. add up to, to two And liters. I've had other clients who've done that yeah. as well, who have like 10 coffees a day, mm. and uh, you say start reducing them down, but don't go cold turkey straight away. So one week, maybe reduce it by half and then gradually ease it out. Yeah. Because I think another way, pretty horrendous. Yeah, another way, like this is a bit more specific to, again, like unhealthy drinks or snacks and things like that. Try and limit the amount you have. So if you have whatever eight coffees a day the chances are you're going to be drinking pretty cheap nasty coffee if you haven't ate a day just like cost effective wise so instead of having eight a day maybe just whatever drop the amount to two or three a day but make it really nice coffee get like organic or Mm. you know make it something you look forward to so it's not just a habit it's actually like a treat Mm -hmm. so then and you have to earn that treat that can often be a little bit better as well so you're going to have two coffees instead of six but they're really yeah. nice. So you feel as though you're, you're indulging a little bit still, but it's going to be better for you. So that's yeah. another little trick as well. If you're going to, if you eat shit chocolate biscuits all, all day, instead of doing that, wait until the evening and then have a nice dessert after your dinner. And you're still, you're still getting that sweet thing, but you look forward to it. And ultimately you're probably not going to have as much as the, in one meal is mm. the accumulation throughout the day. So that's another little tip as well. That's a good one. High vibration, higher vibration stuff, like stuff that's, required more energy to get to you and obviously costs more because that's what money is and energy exchange but it's better for you isn't it like we've I've been laughing at my husband and his coffee obsession now he's got this coffee machine we have to now weigh the coffee and oh he's now got a coffee grinder so now we grind the beans we then put the beans in a weighing machine and then they get weighed and all of this kind of so like you kind of just make a quick cup of coffee now in our house. It, t- it takes a good 10 minutes to get everything ready and sorted. But 
the coffee that we get is all organic coffee and oh, it's, it is nice but you kind of like you, you're not just you've got to put it back side about 20 minutes just to set everything up and get it ready so you can't just have a quick coffee anymore so that that's a good top tip and coffee is also the most highly sprayed crop with pesticides and stuff so if you're reducing your toxic load then cheap coffee is not the way forward Mm, yeah if you get cheap coffee it's very addictive and like you say it's very toxic as well mm. very dehydrating but yeah i think i think i've said this in the past i think me and steven should do a coffee podcast because um, <laughs> that's right up my street grinding the beans and oh. measuring the water and and getting the temperature correct it's it's an when you're allowed back you'll have to come over to our house and steven will make you one or, or i'll make you one i know how to do it now i don't know how to grind the beans but i know i'll need a bit so yeah, and there's a really nice um, coffee place. I'll give a shout out to uh, Fika Fika Coffee in Langley Park. He's a guy who imports all the coffee from all different parts of the world. And um, you can go around to his unit and you can choose and you can try it. And it's really good actually. He's got a massive roaster in, in Langley Park. So just around the corner from my studio. So you can go and get high quality coffee and then high quality exercise as well. <laughs> there you go, Stephen came up trumps when you you got the house you live in now with a coffee roaster right around the corner so <laughs> perfect isn't it yeah exactly exactly okay so what else have you got Dan, on your list so just before we came on air we were talking about if you're going to introduce a new habit we've spoke about exercise and diet quite a little bit but there's other ones as well so another common one is for instance if you're going to save money that's a good i'm going to spend less i'm going to save more but it's too vague a lot of New Year's resolutions and new habits are just vague. You, they, they have good intentions behind them, like save money or exercise or eat healthier, but you need to be specific, okay, and make a plan. Mm. You're very good at this, making plans and being specific. So uh, with regard to money, saving money is good, but say put a, a number to it. I'm going to save £50 a week. I'm going to save £100 a month. And then actually put that plan into action, set up a savings account, set up an ISA, like I was saying about technology, you can use it for good. There's there's apps now like Moneybox where if you buy a coffee for £2.25, it'll then take the 75 pence and round it up to the next pound and invest that. So you don't really, you're not actually spending it. It's just been taken off yet and investing it. So doing all these things kind of get them, make them so easy by using technology and have a plan. And at the end of the year, it'll, it'll just be happening automatically. Mm, and point. yeah mm. and an, another one being vague and things like that i think a, another common one is i want to read more people mm. so i'm, I'm going to read more this year i'm going to i'm going to get more knowledge i'm going to read more books i'm gonna, but then they, they overdo it as well because there's all these videos on youtube i think especially with i notice this quite a lot you probably will when you're kind of in the business environment and you look at entrepreneurial things and there's all these videos of how to read a book a day how to be a speed reader read blah blah, blah. people read 52 books a year it's like well that might be good but you're better off reading instead of reading a book a day or a book a week read one every six weeks or every two months but apply what you actually learn mm-hmm. you're better off applying the knowledge from six books a year written by experts than reading 52 books just for the sake of reading 52 books to say you've done it mm-hmm. so it kind of defeats the object of even reading them if you're not going to apply the knowledge so that's a big one i would say and it that's not just reading as well. Say for fitness, if you go, someone came to your Pilates class and you taught them the fundamentals of Pilates, but you only 
came to the class once every fortnight. You're better off doing the class, going home and doing 10 minutes every day. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be so much better off. The next time they come back to your class in a fortnight, you're going to see a massive improvement, aren't you? Then you're going to be able to teach them the next step a lot quicker. Yeah, that's one of the things I was going to talk about. I've just been watching Paul Check. We haven't mentioned him for a while yeah. on the telly today. Um, he was on the program I was watching. And he was actually talking about how you can integrate things more into your everyday life. Like rather than starting to think I've got to do this exercise program and I'm going to do 50 squats every morning. Instead of thinking about that, think about getting up out of your chair really slowly without your hands and sitting back down five times, getting up and off the toilet. That's a squat. In fact, his quote was, try squat, try pooping standing up. So (laughs) (laughs) you can't, you need to squat when you go to the toilet. So um, yeah, so being more aware of your core stabilizing muscles when they're working, like if you throw a ball even, that's like using a lot of primal patterns. So that was one of my things to include more is more of the primal patterns and be aware of how you're using them in your everyday life. You don't have to go to a gym, but we can't at the minute because we're in tier four. So how can you incorporate those primal patterns into your everyday life? And we've done a whole podcast on primal patterns. So if you're not sure what they are, listen to that one. Yeah, there's, there's loads of little, that's a really good point. There's, and there's loads of little good tips and tricks. So if you work in an office or like, say, if you're in tier four, you work from home, but you sit a lot and you, you're on a laptop or a computer, use an exercise ball. It's just going to turn your stabilization muscles. It doesn't take, it's just no different than sitting in a chair, really. There's no extra effort required, but it's going to have a lot of benefit. So the upside is really big. And yeah, lots of little things. Like if you're watching the TV and the adverts come on, instead of picking your phone up, do some press-ups or do a Pilates exercise. If when you put your shoes on, uh, there was, there's a, a fitness guy I follow, he, he had really bad balance and to improve his balance, every time he put his shoes on, he just stood on one foot and put his shoe on, tied his shoelaces just on one foot to maintain his balance. And then just out of doing that every day for a year, his balance is just so much better that you don't realize, like you say, you don't have to go to a gym. The gym has been invented because we, we're not active enough. If you're just active enough in everyday life, like we used to be in like primal times, you used to have to catch and hunt your own food and build shelter. A gym would just be laughed at because you wouldn't need one. But yeah, yeah, try and incorporate it into your everyday life. Go outside and build a snowman, shovel the snow. Mm-hmm. I'm only saying that because I'm looking out the window and it's snowing as we record yeah, this. Yeah, it is. And it's that awareness of every day. What are you doing? What do you do a lot of? Like if you sit in a chair all day, then what do you need to do to counterbalance that? So kind of like back extension exercise, like what muscles are you not using when you're sitting in that forward posture? So, but primal patterns are such a great way to get everything in that you need to, for all of your muscles to work in and your joints to work. So that if you include those into your everyday life, then you wouldn't have any problems. Actually, yesterday I was listening to a really good podcast with a doctor who was a what's the word geriatric doctor so she works with old people in the aging process and she was asked what is the best exercise to do as you get older or to and she was like the best exercise to do is to start 30 years beforehand you know like what you're doing now is putting money in the bank as it were for your later life so she was saying if I have any advice is to start now depending on what age you are doesn't matter what age you are start now and start exercising and she was saying squat squat with purpose (laughs) like what we were just saying like what so I've had that told to me twice 
in the last 24 hours, like squat with purpose. So think about, and she was like, squats are so important for, as you get older, we say about it all the time, but you know, being able to get up and out of your chair, up and off the toilet, they're the two things that stop you from, uh, that will help you not to go into a care home as you get older. So keeping that pattern strong is, is really, really important. Yeah. When you look at more of the Eastern cultures, they're, don't use chairs a lot. They just sit in that natural mm. resting squat position, don't they? Mm-hmm. And we struggle with that. Luckily, I'm okay, I'm okay with that position for some weird reason. I don't know why, but I, I can do it. There's other positions I'm, I'm really kind of stiff and inflexible uh, with, but that one I'm fine with. But it's really good for the digestive system. It's good for the joints, like you say, getting up and down off the floor, mm. off chairs. These are really basic human fundamental things which you need to do for your whole life. So something as simple as learning to squat, yeah. yeah, it's really important. We call that a full squat, don't we? Then be able to get your butt right down to the floor. But really, that is a squat. <laughs> like we only stop halfway because chairs stop halfway, don't yeah. they? So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, being able to do a full squat. Like if you think about, I don't know, like you know, seventy percent of the world population, that's probably just sitting down. Yeah. So in terms of new year, new you, all that, what's Going into 2021, what are your things that you want to focus on, which is going to be new or different compared to 2020, what you're focusing on? Well, okay. So primal patterns, like we've just said, definitely keep on top of your primal patterns. That is key. So even if you haven't got a gym, just everyday life, like we've already said. Um, My number one thing that I had on here was um, purpose. What is your purpose in life? Like, I think I've really started to nail that down in 2020. Um, and again, this geriatric doctor I was listening to yesterday, she was saying that, like, uh, that she was asked what increases longevity in people, and it was having a purpose in life. Um, she said the people who have more curiosity tend to look after themselves more because they feel like they've still got to learn stuff, still got stuff to do. Um, so keeping that curiosity alive uh, is really, really important um and having some kind of life purpose and your purpose changes as well um over the years like when i was like 10 years ago for example when my kids were little my purpose was being their mother to get them up to a certain age now maybe they get more independent so i don't need to have that purpose as much and other things can start to to become your purpose so i think it's kind of like reviewing where you are in life and knowing where you want to go and that is, applies in business as well, significantly in business. And another thing that I wanted to say is mindset training. That is like been something that I started doing. I've always kind of thought, oh, yeah, yeah, that's all, that's all right, really. <laughs> Never really done it, but I started doing it in 2020 and it made a huge difference. So mindset is everything. That's like the, the 80% of it, isn't it? 89%, if you can get the mindset right, then the rest of the stuff kind of falls into place. Yeah. So mindset training, that is something I'm going to continue with in 2020. So when you were talking about goals, um, being specific, but also what is your dream? How does that make the goal specific to your ultimate dream? So if you want to save money to be able to, I don't know, buy a yacht, let's say, how much do you have to, how long do you want to do it over? How much, you know, I'm obsessed with business plans and doing plans and stuff. Like, but make them linked to your dream and uplifting so that they make sense to you rather than just saying, well, I want to lose a bit of weight. Like, what does it mean to you? Why do you, 
why do you want to and I was thinking about this yesterday when I was listening to that doctor like I remember ages ago when we had like, I love dogs like Labradors and my thing if you look at my Instagram post I've got pictures of all my dog is a Labrador now Labradors are very strong dogs and I remember when we had our first Labrador and the puppy and um, we were sitting it was at Whitby with me and my husband was sitting outside and we had this gorgeous Labrador puppy and this little old lady came up and she said oh I'd love to still have Labradors I always had Labradors but now I'm not strong enough and my purpose in life is to be stronger than a Labrador <laughs> you only have to be a tiny bit stronger than a Labrador but Labradors are bloody strong dogs so I want to be able to have a Labrador for as long as I want so my strength training needs to be me stronger than a Labrador. So there you go, Dan, when <laughs> 20 years time, when you're still training us. I know that sounds like a really strange, <laughs> very specific story, but I've actually, so at the at the, the gym where I work, we got maybe, I want to say kind of four or five years ago, there was a lady came to the gym and she was in the seventies. She had never done any kind of what I would say traditional gym exercises in, in her life. She'd always just been active it's still in really good shape for, for being in her 70s but she uh, the reason she came is she she said oh I've got I think she had, she had two dogs or she got one dog but she walks the neighbor's dog and they're getting too strong mm-hmm. and, she, and she's she's scared of falling over and she kind of control the dogs and she loves it and she wants to continue so yeah. that, that literally was her purpose and now four or five years down the line she's so much better shape than what she was when she came she's playing tennis she's doing strength training she's doing zumba she absolutely just fell in love with the, the whole exercise thing. And now the fact that she can walk the dog, she, it's not even in her mind. It's just something she's able to do. Yeah. But originally, that was a big dream of hers. But just by being fit and healthy, she doesn't even think about that anymore. And that's the only time I've ever heard that until you had the whole <laughs> Labrador so, situation. Yeah. So I want to be stronger than a Labrador so that I can have them for it. Because I don't want like little dogs. No disrespect to people who've got little dogs because I know you love them. But I don't. And <laughs> so I want to be strong enough to have a Labrador. And that is what my strength training goals are as we go forward into my 70s. Obviously, I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what my dream is like. like thinking, how does that link to my dream? What do I love to do? What do I love to do every day is take my dog out for a walk. Love it. That's like my thing. So if that got taken away for some reason, then I would hate my life. So I want to continue loving my life, which is included in a Labrador. That's that's great. The more specific, the better. And I just want to touch upon something which you said before we start talking about walking dogs. <laughs> it was um, you were saying like, what's your purpose in life? What what are you interested in? Like, it's yeah. it's really really important to be you, like if you've already got your life goals figured out, then great. But if you don't, it's really important to be inquisitive and curious, and it makes you like an interesting person as well. There's so much mm. out there, and there's nothing you can't learn about these days on, on the internet, especially. Yes, yeah, stay, stay hungry and be inquisitive and ask questions and try different things. There's a really good talk online. It's of Steve Jobs before he passed away. He did a commencement speech at some university and it's like it went viral type of thing. And his whole speech revolves around like you won't have it figured out when you're 18, 21. You have to like stay hungry and stay foolish and stay inquisitive all the way through your life. Mm-hmm. Because that's how these big inventions are made and that's how you find your purpose in life. You kind of just settle early on. And we spoke about archetypes in one of our previous episodes. Like your archetypes change. Like you said, you became a mother and that that kind of that brought out something in you and that was an archetype. That 
part in your life for whatever 10 years you have yeah. to fulfill that but then it changes and you have to stay curious and and follow what your gut's telling you so that's that cannot be underestimated and that's really important but then like we've been saying then create the habits which lead you down that path to that specific goal which you're looking for yeah and link them to something like maybe wanting to be stronger than a dog then what do you want to be stronger than like you can continue to do for the whole of the rest of your life yeah because then you can then that'll it has such a an add-on effect so you want to be strong enough to walk your dog so then that gives you a plan so then you research what muscles are used when walking a dog so then you go to the gym which exercises will help me with this muscle so it just has such a knock-on effect right which foods will help me build muscle you like everything like that it's it sounds almost too easy but that's how it works if you just yeah. reverse engineer everything you get back and you can create a plan exactly cool i think that's a good place to good place to end so what do you want to be stronger than so yeah so that, that's our top tips i think they're quite good actually i'm quite i think i'm gonna do them yeah and it, they can be anything can't they i mean we talk about health and fitness a lot and probably our listeners are into health and fitness obviously but it can be anything but yeah create a plan and be specific i think we at the end we kind of nailed on it if you do that reverse engineering mm. that's really important yeah also listeners we'd love to hear your new year's resolutions what habits you want to get into in 2021 new year new you <laughs> let us yes know. do let us know of course and please subscribe and if you like our podcast please leave us a five-star review because we love when that happens don't we Dan? Yeah. And in terms of the podcast, we're going to keep up. This is a kind of, we started in 2020 and we weren't very good, but it's now just a habit. So we can guarantee you're going to have another, at least 52 episodes this year. Yay. Because it's just something we do now. Come rain or shine. Doesn't matter if we have to record two in one week or five in one week or whatever. We'll just get it done. You just, we just find a way, don't we? So mm -hmm. you just do it. We keep doing it. So where are you, Dan? Well, at the time of recording, it is January the 2nd. Mm, back in lockdown. Back in tier four. <laughs> so in previous lockdowns, I've moved straight oh. into the home workouts and doing them online. But Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you if you're going to start them again. Yeah, it's kind of a short time period, this one. It's only a couple of weeks and then there's a review. So I think I'm just going to wait for now and see if there's any more developments because I'm a little bit unsure. So it's easy enough for me to stay fit and healthy. It's kind of, it's just in my DNA, but... Yeah. Mm. just going to keep doing the podcast and i think we're just going to just ride motivation isn't it it's just i so can't i think in my head i've got it now till easter well we're going to be here mm. yes i wouldn't be surprised at all so where can we find you this week joe oh thanks for asking dan <laughs> um, this, so obviously i'm at my um website www.organicpilates.co.uk and my new book is going to be released very soon so keep your eyes open for that cool so thanks for listening everyone and we hope you have a good year yes indeed see you soon bye bye